Welcome to the Become a Media Maven podcast. Today I'm speaking with Kirsten Inoue. She's the marketing director at Top Drawer Merch. And this is a marketer who markets in a way that is very unique. She actually works with musical artists. So if you've ever been to a concert, you have probably seen those stands where you can buy the t-shirts, the cups, accessories, bags, different kind of swag to remember your fun concert going experience. Well, she does that. And as you can imagine, she's had to pivot a little bit because people aren't going to concerts much these last few months, especially. So we're going to talk about just what she does in day to day, how her industry works and how it works right now, how she is working with musical artists to market their stuff. Obviously, everybody's going from in-person to online. So she's going to get into what works and what doesn't work when you're doing that. And she's going to give us some Black Friday tips, tricks, and strategies. That is coming up. We talk about how to handle Black Friday if you have products and if you have products or services online. And it doesn't always mean slashing your prices and sharing a great sale. There are other ways that you can entice somebody. And she is going to tell you how you can entice her if you have an online product in this podcast episode. As always, be sure to tap that subscribe button. Leave me a rating or a review. Everything we discuss today will be in the show notes, and you can access that at becomeamediamaven.com. Here is my interview with Kirsten Inoue. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Kirsten, thank you so much for coming on the Become a Media Maven podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited to chat with you. You are the marketing director at Top Drawer Merch. So tell me first what Top Drawer Merch is for people listening who haven't heard of it. Yeah, so Top Drawer Merch is a leading merchandise company predominantly in the music industry. Um, so from various artists in the EDM sector, in the rap sector, all kinds of um, different artists, we do their merchandise for. And usually, you know, when tours are happening, uh, the t-shirts you see at their concerts, that's what we do. You know, we produce, uh, we ship, we market, all of that full circle. And tell me a little bit about how things have changed for you recently during the pandemic, because you you do a lot of events because you're in the music space. So like, how have you guys pivoted in the, these last few months? Yeah. So, I mean, I love how creative everybody has been first and foremost throughout all of this, but you know, back, I think touring is kind of the busiest time of the year for us. A lot of it happens over the summer with all the festivals and concerts. And so, you know, when the pandemic hit in March, we really had to change our game plan for the next, you know, however many months, especially because we weren't sure what was going on. Everything was going back and forth and being canceled, not canceled. And, um, so we had to switch everything strictly to online e-commerce, which is honestly my specialty. I'm a big e-com gal. I came from an e-com background from the fashion industry itself. 
so I was like, this is my time to shine. I love this. And, you know, so all of our artists were pushing their sales on their websites. You know, we were getting more creative, obviously all the live streams that were happening, we were marketing their merch uh, through their live streams, creating these just fun little experiences for their fans um, that they can enjoy from the comfort of their home. And, you know, so it's just, I think it's, we just changed to, you know, having that experience in person to creating as personal of experience as we could on the internet, which, you know, it's not always easy, but, you know, it's what I think everybody kind of pivoted, pivoted and did um, during these times, which again, why I said it's, I love to see the creativity and, you know, with the live streams and all that kind of stuff come out during this time. So. And a lot of people are doing this. I think some people are having luck with it and some people are not. So what do you think is a differentiator? Like, what are you doing to do it right? And what are some people doing that maybe it's just wrong and that's why it's not working? Yeah, I think, I mean, I guess there's not necessarily a complete right or wrong. It's just what I've noticed in the music industry in general is you have to pay attention to the fans more than anything. You have to pay attention to what they like, what they react to, you know? So if it's something where you have one live stream and not a lot of people show up or, you know, they didn't really stay on or, you know, the users dropped towards the middle of it, you kind of have to pay attention to those things um, in the beginning. And, you know, especially how you're speaking to them merch wise, you know, is the artist posting a bunch about the merch? Is it too much? Um, so you really have to pay attention to the way your fans are interacting, you know, obviously we've been in this for a long, long time. So everyone's kind of tried so many different things. So in the beginning, you have to just pay attention, especially when you're testing out something new. Um, you know, for us, we realized, you know, we didn't want to shove merch in people's faces. We didn't want to say, Hey, buy this, buy this, all this stuff, you know, and it just, cause everybody was going through such a hard time that, you know, even you, know, of course, these artists are losing out on a lot of money from not touring, but so are their fans. So are the consumers. And so we wanted to make, you know, fun, interactive social media things for you know, electric family side, our other brand, we created just less um, sales content and more of, you know, how are you guys doing? Asking them questions, creating like, you know, little story templates of like fill in the blank, share with your friends. And so we created more of a conversation than um, salesy type of stuff, if that makes sense. And so I think, especially because in the beginning when everyone was, you know, really struggling, trying to figure out what was going on, you know, nobody really knew how long this was going to last. So everyone was saving money. Uh, I think in the beginning, you know, of course we wanted to do sales, but we also wanted to be very sensitive to what was happening. And so I think if people were very heavy into pushing merchandise and pushing sales in the beginning, um, that could have been where they kind of fell out. And, you know, people are uh, fatigued by how much people are pushing them, especially as uh, in the music industry, they're not, fans aren't used to being pushed really hard for merchandise because it's something they organically get at their tour or their shows or whatever it is. And so, you know, I think it's just kind of handing it to them in little doses like hey here's this this is really special to us making sure we explain the story behind it or you know if there's some sort of charity initiative behind it just really telling that story I think is important um, for anything right now and, and especially in the music industry as well. Okay so talk to me about how marketing this is different than maybe other apparel and fashion because yes it is apparel and fashion but it's it's different because it is that stuff, you know, like whenever you go to a concert, you always see like 
get a t-shirt. It's got all the tour dates or, you know, whatever. Like I myself have a Britney Spears t-shirt hanging up in my closet. (laughs) So it's, it's just different. It's different kind of apparel and fashion. So from a marketing perspective, what are things that you do differently that maybe, um, help you that other people aren't doing because their apparel and fashion is just different? Yeah. You know, I, I come from, like I said, a fashion background. I started off in the streetwear industry and ended up at a women's contemporary brand. So, you know, every I love that I've worked, you know, I've always stayed kind of in the apparel realm, but always just different, um, you know, from streetwear to fashion or high fashion to artist merch, which is different. And I think, you know, when in fashion, you're thinking about the styling, the look, these beautiful images, creating like these outfits so that people want to buy them because people are purchasing for an outfit, not necessarily, you know, oftentimes these brands will do a wonderful job at telling a story and really relating with their customers. But I think for artists merch, you really do have to focus on the customer because they're a fan. The music is priority. The reason why they're there is for this artist, for this artist's music. And the merch is kind of just a collector's bonus item. They're not necessarily buying it because like, oh, I'm going to be fashionable in this or something like that. And, you know, we do make stuff that's on trend, but we always have to make sure that it is um, related to the artist in some way. Maybe it's their logo. Maybe it's a lyric. Um, And it's just, I think, thinking of the fan first and what they would want and you know speaking to them like hey we know we hear you we know you want this we know that you know this is the reason why you're here as this person um you know I I I think it's just I guess that is kind of what it is it's just thinking of and knowing that the music comes first and that this is a secondary item versus in the fashion industry, you know, you think of hiring out influencers to where you merge to style them. We don't do that with our artists merch. You know, they don't need that because the artist themselves is their own influencer. They're the, going to be the ones that are selling the pieces. And so when an artist posts about something, it'll fly off the shelves. And, you know, we don't need to hire, you know, an Instagrammer or anything like that to really promote it because fans are like, oh, well, they're wearing that. So I'm going to wear that. Um, and so I think it's just kind of, kind of like working with our own little influencers individually versus, you know, at a fashion company, I always built out these robust influencer plans and reached out to, you know, hundreds of influencers a month was constantly gifting them. Um, you know, it's just, but there is a lot of similarities, you know, there's a lot of basics to marketing that are going to be the same across any company, no matter if it's, you know, toilet paper or a beautiful t-shirt, you know, you're going to have your email marketing, you're going to have your SMS marketing, your website pop-ups, all that kind of stuff. So there is a lot of similarities, but I think the way you treat and speak to the fan or the customer is going to be a little bit different. Um, And again, also too, with just the styling of it and the overall look of, you know, your lifestyle images, they don't, the fans kind of don't really want to see model images all the time either. You know, they want to see the artists in it or um, they just want to see what cool tie dye it's on, that kind of stuff, so. And you're doing a lot more online, obviously, because we're doing less in person. So you have a lot of marketing channels. You just named a few. You have website, you have text, you have a variety. Um, And that's not even including the variety on social media. So how do you keep fans engaged through all of the marketing channels? Because I'm sure you have some artists in the industry who maybe they're more active on Twitter or Instagram. So how does that work for you being the marketing director and you're working with all of these different people 
who have different styles in different places. Yeah. So we just try to create unique experiences throughout. And I think, you know, some brands that have the same message around every single channel can get really boring. And, you know, as I'm a consumer myself and I pay a lot of attention to, you know, I sign up for email blasts, I sign up for SMS. I'm really interacting with a lot of brands because I'm always genuinely curious about what people are doing and just what I found personally that I love the most is when, you know, I want to have a reason to sign up for everything and follow you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, email, SMS. I want a reason to be able to see what you're doing across all channels. And so I think creating unique experiences throughout is so, so important. You know, for example, between email and SMS, sometimes it could be so similar um, in our messaging. I see a lot of brands that do, you know, when a new product comes out, they'll send the same message on email and the same message on SMS. And so what we try to do is create different experiences by, you know, SMS club gets exclusive giveaways. So when a release happens, like the email is set for, you know, what's new, what's coming out. And then the SMS will be sent the same day, but it'll be a giveaway. Like, hey, you're exclusively entered to give to enter to win this like product that got released today. So it's a little bit different messaging, a little bit different opportunities, you know, even though we also do for one of our artists, um, monthly discounts for their SMS club as well. So just creating those different offers per channel is really important. Um, And also in terms of social media, you know, we don't post the same thing on every channel at the same time every day. We're posting different content. Of course, for release times, you know, we like to post the same thing just so everyone um, is aware on social media itself. But during off times, like regular content for Electric Family, for example, we post three times on Instagram, one to two times on Twitter, but we're not posting the same image on every channel at the same time. We're not posting the same sentence or caption on every channel at the same time. So we're feeding people different things on different channels at different times because, you know, with algorithms, as everybody knows, you're not always, every customer is not going to see every single post that you make um, unless they're really heavily interacting. And so that's why we think it's important to, you know, we have a really good image. Let's stagger it on different platforms on different days and different times because then they're more likely to see it eventually. Um, And then, you know, then it's not overwhelming or maybe they do interact with our channels and they're seeing this same image across three different channels at the same day. They're like, okay, like I already saw that they're gonna ignore it. But maybe, you know, if it's two or three days down the line, they're like, oh yeah, I remember that bracelet I saw it a couple of days ago. Maybe I'm gonna check out the website again. So just making sure everything is spaced out. Nothing the same is being posted. Um, at the same time, I think is really, really important for us. And just sending, like I said, with the, you know, between SMS and email, just making different offers for their fans, maybe it's a discount that you only get for email or a giveaway that you only get for SMS uh, has done really, really well for us and keeps our subscriber base on both channels to continually grow. I think what you just said is like a perfect crash course in social media posting. It's like 101. And so many people don't do this. And I think it's because it's easier and it's Mm -hmm. faster to just post the same thing everywhere at the same time. But it is so obvious when people do that, it's not effective and you look lazy. So I love that, that you just shared that. Okay. 
Uh, we're coming up on that special time of year, which is Black Friday. Um, I honestly, when I think about Black Friday, I mean, I know almost everybody plays like the Black Friday game. My sister works at Louis Vuitton, so they don't. Like certain brands just don't do it because it would be off brand. But even your artists participate in Black Friday, right? I mean, and I'm sure maybe this year it's a little different than in years past. So talk to me about what it's like behind the scenes for you and your team during Black Friday normally and during Black Friday this year? Yeah, so, you know, normally what, I, I think we're, there's still some similarities. Again, just speaking to the difference between the fashion industry and the artists, we're always thinking about the customer, thinking about what can we do for you? Um, how can we make this special for you? And so, you know, in years past, it was, you know, let's figure out the apparel items we need first. Let's figure out, how, what sales we're going to do, thinking about all that stuff first. And this year we're pivoting, um, you know, especially for me personally and thinking of what kind of things can we do for the fans? What giveaways can we do for them? What other incentives can we give for them? Can we give them a couple hours early access? Can we show them a couple things, you know, send them out little promo things. Maybe it's a golden ticket in a package um, for the month of October. If you get this golden ticket, then, um, you know, maybe you get your whole order for Black Friday covered. So thinking more about, you know, what can we give to these fans um, from us free of charge or more at a discount or what special items can we make? One of the ideas we had, um, you know, is making custom jerseys with a fan's name on it. So maybe it's our top and fans, or maybe it's a giveaway that, you know, 10 fans get these customized jerseys with their names on it. So, you know, thinking of things that are just going to be really special and that would brighten their day, you know, obviously, you know, everyone's going to do sales. We're still thinking of, you know, our product assortment, um, all of the sales that we're going to do, that kind of stuff. When we're going to start it, is it in, on Black Friday, before Black Friday, you know, who everything is online nowadays. So who even knows what time Black Friday is going to start this year? Um, but yeah, I think just for me personally, I've been doing a lot of um, deep dive into just what can we do for them? You know, how can we, you know, reward them uh, for being a fan, especially throughout this entire year has been so wild. You know, how can we thank them for just sticking around and supporting these artists and, you know, keeping them going, even though there's hasn't been any shows in a long time. And, you know, we want to give those special, um, autographed things or, or uh, just pers personalized touches that just makes them feel connected to the artist even more. And, you know, of course they appreciate the typical sales and stuff, but yeah, I think just, you know, cause I, everybody is going through such a hard time still, even with things opening up, there's, you know, they open up, they close down, it's back and forth and we just don't know when it's going to end. And so um, you always kind of want to be aware of that. So yeah, I think it's just, making sure that we're thinking of them first and what we can do for them and not like, Hey, we want your sales. You know, we want them to stick around. We want to show them like, Hey, like you're keeping our lights on. You know, I'm so, so lucky to have a job right now. And, you know, it's because of all these amazing fans and our customers for electric family. It's just, you know, we just want to thank them. We want to want to make special products um, for them that they can keep and remember and um, feel that connection. Some of my listeners, um, they have physical products. Some of them have online courses. So what would you suggest for them when it comes to marketing for Black Friday to try to get that extra push for sales? Yeah, I think, you know, again, I think 
it's always back to that personalization. You know, maybe it's, you know, for some who have those online courses, maybe it's a, hey, you know, I'm giving away a personal meet and greet. I know everyone's busy. Maybe they don't have time, but if they can, like maybe get online with them and say, hey, like I'll do a one-on-one with you. I'll consult with you on your business. Um, that kind of thing was really, really um, important. I think would help um, their business overall. Um, and then for the physical products, again, thinking of those, just what can you put in the package? Maybe it's, um, you know, depending on whatever products they do, maybe it's sticker packs, maybe it's a little hand sanitizer, just custom little items that they can add um, to the products. Maybe it's a free shipping thing. Maybe they don't even tell um, their customer like, hey, we just rewarded you with free shipping. Um, you know, we hope you have a great rest of your day or your year, all that kind of stuff. So just little things, maybe it's not, you know, posting about it. Maybe it's a surprise thing of like, hey, we just discounted your order. You know, we're really thankful for you, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think just being vulnerable right now too is so important as well, just because I think, um, a lot of people are missing that personal interaction with others. Um, you know, we're not going to work as much. We're not hanging out with friends as much. And so I think the more personalized you can get with somebody, like I said, you know, if they have an online course, maybe try to get online one-on-one with them and, and speak to them and um, help them out directly versus, you know, here's an online course, which I, I'm a big advocate of online courses. I'll sign up and take a million. Um, but if someone hit me up, someone I looked up to, especially a marketer was like, hey, you know what? Like, I would love to get on a call with you and chat with you one-on-one. I would be over the moon. And even if it's just 15 minutes or a couple questions, um, I think would go a long, long way. And um, I think that's just really important, especially with marketing. For me, it's always been um, differentiating sales and marketing. Marketing is just showing customers you know, hey, these are all of the reasons why you may need this product. Um, you know, take it or leave it up to you. Um, but just making sure we showcase what we have in every single detail um, to make the customer really aware and inform versus sales, I think is more just like trying to pitch someone something they don't necessarily need. Um, so I think it's just kind of, for me, I've always thought about marketing. It's just like, you know what? I'm not gonna shove this down your throat. I don't, if you don't want it, it's not for you and that's okay. Um, I'm going to find the people that really genuinely want this. And that's why I think I always like to be really personal with um, our customers, even on social media. It's very, very important to me to talk to all of our fans, you know, via comments, DMs. We're always replying to every single person. We're shouting people out that tag our, our in our merch and their photos. Um, we'll post them on our stories or we post them on our feeds. So just that interaction um, with the fans, with the customers is also really, really important. And I think it really drives that loyalty and that long-term customer. Everybody wants a long-term customer. And I think just making it personal um, really helps that, especially, you know, now we, can, we can't have any events in person. Um, so it's gonna be on social media through the DMs. It's gonna be on Zoom calls, things like that. Perfect. And I, I mean, we talked about social media 101 earlier. That's 102. It's actually being social on social media. So many people post and ghost and they don't, they're not interactive. They ignore comments, they ignore DMs. And it's like, those are your people talking to you. So, so talk back. And I will link to topdrawermerch.com in the show notes, but quickly, can you tell us 
uh, what we can see there. What are some of the, um, the, the artists that you work with, some of the merch that you sell? Yeah, I mean, it's a ton of different artists now. It's, you know, again, we've been so lucky to be busy during this time because everybody um, has been moving their sales online. But we have EDM artists like Elenium, Cascade, Seven Lions. We have some hip hop artists like Ian Dior, 24K Golden, um, just all kinds. And we're, you know, we're constantly picking up more. And it's just fun for me because I get to interact with all of these different artists. And as a marketer, I think it's a challenge to really make sure the voice matches each individual artist. You have to create different experiences per artist. Every single artist is different. And so, um, yeah, it's, it, it's really fun to work with so many different artists and it just keeps me on my toes. So, um, yeah. Is that the hardest part of your job? Because it is like you have a million different clients and your clients are musical artists. So they're big personalities with their own style. I mean, it's probably like the extension of your team is ginormous with so many different personalities and styles. And I can imagine that that can be a lot of work. Yeah, it is. But I think for me, I'm always looking for the next step. I'm always the kind of person, you know, I want more. I I love what I do. I love marketing. And so when there's a challenge like that, and when, you know, there's all these different um, artists to learn about, it just keeps me interested. It keeps me on my toes and it's a new experience every single day, which is something that I really, really love. And I think uh, something that I've always been really good at is just really identifying, you know, cause I have been at different companies with different styles. So just identifying how each brand or artist is different and you know making sure we're matching their voice their aesthetic like I think it is definitely difficult at times and you know it takes a while to get to know you know who they are really and some of these artists you know when I first started it took me a couple months to just really learn about who they are as individuals who they are as artists who they are creatively um, so it does take you know when we onboard a new artist I like to really spend some time you know maybe it's somebody that I have never heard of or maybe somebody that I haven't really listened to I'll spend that time listen to their music go through their socials see how they're talking to their fans I think that's so important and makes my job easier when I take the time to do that research and really get to know them otherwise you know I'm just going to be trying to serve them the same thing I serve everybody else. And that um, to me is just would be the worst because I have worked with agencies, you know, obviously there's so many marketing agencies out there and, you know, I've noticed that some just serve the same offers to every single brand, even though, you know, all these brands are different. So that was one thing that I always made important to myself is if I was ever in that situation where I was dealing with different brands, I would make sure to research and really make sure that I'm giving them um, things that are appropriate specifically to that brand or that artist. Yeah. I mean, I've had clients, potential clients reach out to me and say, oh yeah, we, we want, we want PR, we need PR help. So just send us a proposal. And I'm like, I can't just send you a proposal. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I need to talk to you. I need to know what your goals are and yeah. where you've been and where you want to go and what you have, you know, sure. that we can work with to get you there. And and they're like, well, well, how much is it? And I'm like, well, what do you want? Do you want local media? Do you want national media? Do you want podcasts? Do you want TV? Like if somebody just blatantly sends you a proposal, I like, I would wonder how aligned it is because every business is different. There is so much under the marketing umbrella. Like 
I don't at, at Media Maven, we don't do advertising. Like we do not pay to get anywhere. We do all earned media. Our team is, they're all former, former journalists, worked at TV stations, at magazines. Like we get you in the news. And so many people, like they don't understand that. They want guarantees. Like there's just so much that people, like you can't just get a blanketed proposal. Everybody's different. The goals are different. The industries are different. Like there is some stuff in marketing. I have no clue. Like when it comes to Google ads, like I am lost. I don't understand any of it. So, um, super important to do your homework people. Um, Kirsten, this has been amazing. I'm going to link to, uh, top in the show notes. Um, tell people where we can find you, um, in top drawer merch, as well as electric family on social. Um, is there anything else that you want to add that I should have asked? No, honestly, I appreciate you doing this. This was so fun for me. And I always love just sharing my knowledge and hearing your input and, you know, just everybody's in general. I'm all about um, learning through podcasts. So this is just so awesome for me. Well, I think a lot of people learned today. Definitely. Um, check out Kirsten at uh, underscore dipped in black on social. I will link to that in the show notes so you can find her. And I will see you um, all next week on another episode of Become a Media Maven.